0: We're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Welcome to Wayfinding Growth. This episode of Wayfinding Growth is brought to you by Sprocket Talk. If you're ready to take your HubSpot experience to a whole new level, you need to join Sprocket Talk as a free VIP member. That's right, free. Tutorials, courses, training, HubSpot updates, and so much more. Head to sprockettalk.com slash WG to join the movement and get an exclusive wayfinding growth deal. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dan Moyle. And I'm Remington Begg. The, uh, the other host. I should have said co-host, but <laughs> uh, hey, welcome. Welcome to the show, listeners. Appreciate having you here. At today's episode, we're talking with uh, fellow marketing agency founder, Kevin Barber of Lean Labs, which is uh, a company a lot like us. They're a HubSpot partner in a digital agency, but a different sphere. So I love this conversation. Uh, I'm excited, man.
1: Yeah. So Dan, what is your favorite thing about this episode?
0: Uh, Two things I I walked away with. Number one was that in in the growth journey and running a company or a team in general, uh, communication and empathy are key. While it wasn't new, it's something that keeps getting hammered home in a lot of these conversations. And I love how Kevin talked about that. Um, And then also the conversation about his uh, running a, company outside of the country what a, what an interesting journey it was which is part of why i wanted him on the show just to see like the world is big <laughs> yeah. right and just and what a cool story that was So I'm, listeners need to need to tune in for that part how about you man
1: yeah so i was out sick so i felt like super super removed but i can't wait to talk about the episode about how the agency will just run you over if you uh if you don't get out of its way
0: that's gonna be a um, good one.
1: so good good job by the way okay. um and but yeah, I really can't believe I missed it. And it's like it's interesting. Kevin is one of those people who I have um, like boats passing in the night kind of thing, uh, but I've never like never actually had a conversation with him, which is quite 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 rare for me. Um, I'm usually pretty out and about, so I know of him. Um, but it was cool to kind of get to know him in the podcast as almost like a listener, uh, because I got to come back in. But a couple of takeaways. Um, I feel like he's my brother from another mother. So. <laughs> Um, and it's pretty cool because this episode's coming out um, right at Inbound. And I, and Kevin, if you hear this, like we got to meet up. You'll probably hear from me before this episode airs. But, um, but I definitely can't wait to meet him and just kind of riff on some things because he's, he's a super smart guy and you could sell how calculated he is. Specifically, one of the things I loved was his point of view about tracking assets. So he said most companies track assets like they track, like essentially you're going after customers but like he's as a ceo is really focusing on tracking assets and like trying to like grow um the employees instead of customers and i've i feel that way but i've never really thought about it that way and it's it makes like total sense uh, and i think it's a great reminder and it's a really amazing how just like a phrase or a way he brings that across how it can change a mindset of what his job is right the job mm-hmm. to be done so that was that was probably the most profound thing where I was like, holy crap, like I got to gotta give this guy a hug. Nice. A um, the other one is, uh, you know, getting out of your bubble. So I have perspective about not being in the U.S. Um, forever or, you know, outside of your town. But I love how he talked about getting out of the bubble, gave him perspective and kind of like almost a new meaning. Like, And he even talked about it, like, wow, I suck. But like, no, you don't suck. But like the perspective of where you were, like – allows for you to almost have that self-awareness to what you were talking about. Um, and I think it's really neat because we can get stuck in our bubbles. Like even the HubSpot partner ecosystem is a bubble, right? It's this. it can almost turn into an echo chamber. Social media is an echo chamber by itself, but like how can you break out of that? And I think it gives a lot of perspective and he hits that pretty hard.
0: And he hit it hard with some great vulnerability and honesty, which.
1: Yeah. Is one of the
0: things I love about the show. So. Excellent well here it is friends season two episode 10 we're 10 in under this new season Woo! Uh, let's set a course for growth well Kevin Barber from Lean Labs man thanks for taking time to be on wayfinding growth welcome to the show my friend
2: Oh, I'm excited to be here thank you for having me
0: it's good to connect I was you know I was telling Remington about this conversation how excited I was and it got me thinking it almost gets nostalgic for me <laughs> like you know how we met through inbound and through the app and just like hey let's have lunch um, and then we've connected you know, over the years and have had multiple just people in common, all this stuff. It's just been really interesting. And I find what I find fascinating is how you've been out of the country, you're back to the country, you can be an agency founder from anywhere. So with that said, we'll get into it here. But uh, I'm just I'm excited to have you on, man. So this is this will be fun.
2: Yeah, it's very, it's real, it's really cool. Uh, we're going to have known each other, I think for like seven years here in a couple of minutes when inbounds conference returns. So like, yeah. it's It's interesting. Like, uh, it,
0: a lot changes in that period of time. So it does for me, especially you're still with lean labs, but like a lot's changed. So,
1: yeah. um,
0: so speaking of change, Kevin, how did you, how did you get here? Let's, let's chart the course as it were, as wayfinders, how did you get here to where you are today back in Florida, uh, the founder of lean labs where did you where did that start for you and how did you end up here
2: yeah, sure. So, uh, here's a little background on uh lean labs and my journey. So, uh, lean labs is a growth team for, uh, software brands that are looking to, uh, grow their, their traffic grow their sales, grow, um, their, their brand. And, uh, we work with them on, uh, basically how to be competitive in the marketplace, how to outposition, position, out of help package, out of sale and outgrow the competition. Uh, we weren't always that though, <laughs> um, for, uh, I, I was original. I'm originally from Kansas city and, um, what I did for about 10 years is I professionally freelanced. Um, the word agency really wasn't a word I used to describe myself, but in today in 2019, that's what we would say I had a small agency. But what I really had was me and then two really talented people helping me, and I did that for 10 years. Um, and coming from the Midwest, and I'm not here to diss the Midwest, but um, my circle of opportunity that I had made myself was, you know, like you know, handprint size big. And I felt like I was filling three quarters of that. I'm like, I'm doing a good job. And with my clients and my circle of my peers, my network, my neighborhood, you know, we were doing well. Um, and I kind of felt like a three person company where I got to go to Lake on Friday, spend time with my kids was basically the dream life. And, and I liked it so much. I'm like, I want even more freedom, move to Costa Rica. And that, that all happened before Lean Labs. So, uh, that's the before lean lab story. I was there about six months and had more time and more freedom. And I was like, this is awesome until I actually just, what happened is my circle of opportunity in my mind expanded greatly after becoming an expat. So, um, you know, I got down there and everyone has to bring their own income. Um, mm-hmm. cause the median wage for a household in Costa Rica is $800 a month. So, yeah. You're gonna bring your own income, and uh, and I'm down there with all these other business owners and entrepreneurs that were doing so much more than me. I was like, wow, I'm actually pretty mediocre. Oops, (laughs) you know. Um, And uh, so so that was kind of where the whole lean labs theme came from. Is like, good enough is no longer good enough. Small time is no longer our our thing, and we're going to become something different and 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 greater than that, we're going to, we're going to work on a higher level of success for ourselves and all of our clients. And that was kind of like a retooling, uh, fast forward five minutes, like that started in like July of 2013. And then we met, I think in September of 2013, when I went to my first inbound conference, cause I became a HubSpot partner and like five minutes later went to the inbound conference. <laughs> we met on the app. Um, which is pretty cool. Cause we'll go back for our seventh inbound, uh, here this year. So that's, mm-hmm that's a long passage of time. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, I remember the first one, it's like, you know, it's kind of weird, you know, I've done something for 10 years, I walk into a new stadium, so to speak, and I'm like, oh, wow, I suck. <laughs> you know, I had, I had climbed to, like, to through the foothills, and I thought I had climbed a mountain, you know, I'm like, oh, look, there's a giant mountain. So, um, so that's what it was for me.
0: And what does that do to you as as a founder, as you're, as you're thinking about your growth journey, you're like, man, I've really grown. And then you see, like you said, over the foothill to the actual mountain. How does, how take, take me back to that. How does that feel in the moment? Uh, In the
2: moment, it feels like you suck. It feels like you wasted years. It feels like you're way behind. And uh, for those of us that go to inbound and maybe have more than one tint of shade of to their hair because maybe a little bit of gray is uh starting to form in um you know i was like not only am i behind like in what i could be doing i'm behind in what i should be doing because i'm twice the age or more of a lot of people here yeah, <laughs> um right. so so i'll be honest with you that first inbound i came home mad hmm. uh fired up and mad mm-hmm. uh that i hadn't been working on that previously
0: Yeah. Now, now a few years later, looking back, how does it feel to know that you were in those foothills? Can you, does that change for you now with experience?
2: Um, I think that ultimately we're part of this journey, right? So like I'm a really big personal professional development person. I really like that. I champion that. And we are on this journey and we're in a race against ourselves and you can pick your pace. And yeah. So, it, it once I had kids in uh, 2007 from 2007 to 2012 in some ways of personal development, I did coast and it cost me five years, you know, um, do I, um, do I regret that? I can't say that I regret that. I just, it's just part of my journey. It's part of my story. And you know, now I have today and I get to pick how I use it. So, so that's basically the deal. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, you, can't, you can't really judge where it's at until it's pretty far in the rear view. When, once my kids are grown, I'll, I'll be able to <laughs> judge where my mistakes were, you know.
0: And, and are you still looking out for that next corner where you're going to see the next mountain? Are you still just kind of going, uh, where am I?
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, we... We, I think we crossed that this last year. Um, so here's, here's basically the, the deal in 2013, moved to Costa Rica, got entirely new team, entirely new clients, all transitioned within one year. Wow. Uh, so the only person that got to stay was me and that was by hair. Um, and, uh, and like, um, we decided that we were not going to do any, anything on a landing page on our website, not a marketing campaign without a plan for how we're going to drive that all the way to sales, you know? And we've been doing that. And the thing that I think has shifted is I think the market has shifted and inbound is changing and cust- how customers buy is changing. So I feel like we've been looking for the, the changes we need to make started testing stuff this year. I feel like we are scaling a whole new mountain again. So mm. that's where I feel like we're at. I don't know, uh, if that, if that makes sense for you, but yeah. for us, you know, our content started getting really flat and, you know, we can go back and retool it and update it. Um, But what we realized is we weren't actually, I think customers are wanting to buy so much faster these days that they're actually looking for you to put hooks into how you can help them and how you can sell them in every piece of content moving forward. And we've started doing that and our our numbers have started moving back in the right direction again. They they don't want to just swim through a sea of tofu content. And uh, so we're having to relearn how to be great marketers again.
0: Is that, is that something that you've had to do over the years is, is, figure out how to be a great marketer as that founder, how to keep getting to know your customers each season?
2: I think that, you know, yes. So I think, yes. And then I think that, you know, one, one of the mistakes that that we have made and then we see, have seen our prospective clients make and we see the market make is that we think that customer development is a one-time event and that product positioning is a one-time event and getting product market fit is a one-time event and the moment you have done customer development you have product positioning and you feel like you have product market fit then it's just scale forever and i think you can fall out of that so uh i think you have to i think all of those things are continuously evolving so um we need we need to never stop listening to customers we might have got especially in 2016 2017 major growth years for us we might have gotten a little bit heads down and and not watching how the market was shifting i feel like 2018 2019 we might have you know we could have been more the tip of the spear if we were uh paying attention better you know gotcha
0: Gotcha. so that's that's important for growth for any founder any leadership team right there that's a good nugget don't don't get head down focus so much on what you're doing have at least somebody looking forward right
2: Right. Like if I would have paid attention better, I would have realized that the questions were shifting mm-hmm. and the the pace that people were buying and kind of the questions they were asking at what stage and how many conversations, like I would have noticed, wow, it's actually taking less and less conversations to, to close. Well, what does that mean for the market? I could have asked that, but instead it took me another year to start asking that question. We started
0: asking that question a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Right on, but at least at least it wasn't two years or three years or five years, right?
2: <laughs> Absolutely, at least I didn't move to another third world country and spend five years <laughs> to figure that out. So yeah, right. for sure.
0: So speaking of Kevin, what what is it like running a U.S. based company from another country? I mean, I, I got to imagine that that that's like a I think a distributed team that's like mega distributed. What what is that like? How how difficult is that, or is it just a lot easier? Right. So.
2: um... I would say that probably it's just different. I can't say that it's better or worse. It's just different. So uh, a couple of things is if you're going to move to another country, you need to really pay attention to time zones. Um, you know, I just moved from central to central <laughs> and it was a major change because half the year, Costa Rica doesn't pay attention to daylight savings time. So I actually switched between central and mountain and that only Confused everyone, myself included. Like I'm starting to miss meetings and you know all, all my recurring calendar invitations. So so like with any move, it's going to be a big change. Uh, we were in five countries, ten time zones. You know, um, so where I am exactly is just one piece of the the puzzle. Um, so I don't think that that is that big of a thing. I think that if you move more, you get to do more, you get to see more, think more be experienced more, have better perspective. I think that those are all great p- pros. Uh, the cons is if you move um, to a place that's a developing nation, you better have really good internet and probably a backup for that really good internet. So <laughs> uh, everywhere I lived, I had at least two internet connections, if not three, and I uh, used them on a regular basis.
0: So, all right on. So a lot of things to think about. It, it sounds to me, Kevin, like like the the pros outweigh the cons and being able to really, get a different perspective and broaden your horizons is an important part of, of your journey and could be an important part of other people's growth journey too. I think that is huge. Absolutely. Uh,
2: if I would, I can, I can actually say, you know, right here that if I would not have moved out of that bubble that I was in of a comfortable, nice s- suburban lifestyle, you know, in Kansas to Costa Rica, I would not have become a more, um, I would not have gained a new mindset and a more aggressive goal for myself uh, and a higher standard and bar for my organization. It was because of that experience and, you know, opportunities for people I met and got to hang around with and, you know, perspective changed. So uh, part of that's also becoming an inbound partner really raised my ceiling on what I was reaching for. And mm. that, of course, required
0: me to improve. Yeah. Interesting. Um. So I'm going to go back to, you You mentioned you've made mistakes. Obviously, we all have, right? What would you consider one of your biggest shipwrecks that maybe almost, you know, sunk your career? And, and what did you learn from that?
2: Uh, so I think that one of the things you got to do is you got to communicate what and why. So moving to Costa Rica, you know, I had one client that I visited all of the time, and they did not take the – news well that I was moving to Costa Rica that sounded like moving to Mars as far as they're concerned and <laughs> you know I'll come back you know twice a year when we met once or twice a week did not kind mm-hmm. of feel like it was solving for that for that need right but in reality I, I knew that that need wasn't real like going to visit a client on their turf is a great way to get half as much done in twice the time <laughs> <laughs> um, so um so it, it did make it uh, difficult, and um, you know the other thing I chose to do is that went so bad that I actually chose not to tell any other clients. I'm just like I'm just making the jump, and we don't meet that often in in person, and uh, and I just I'll let them know after, and and actually miraculously that kind of worked. Hmm. Uh, they were like, um, you moved to Costa Rica. I'm like, yeah, eight months ago, and they're like, oh, well they can't have much to complain about because they have no complaints. Right. So uh, so I'm not sure the best way to do it, but uh, do expect that if you're going to tell someone that you visit in person all the time, that you're not going to anymore, but you want them to pay you exactly the same. Um, Don't expect that to go well. (laughs) Uh, But for Mm -hmm. crashing the career. um, Yeah. I think it was, you know, 2013 was a hard, hard year because I was like, I only want to change everything. Uh, If it was me, uh, I would have changed one thing at a time. In fact, I'm wearing my focus shirt today. Follow one course until successful.
0: I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's
2: good. So make one change, prove that out, and, and leave your business a, a, a leg of a stool to be standing on. Uh, we really just cut the rug out from ourselves and decided to change everything at once. And that was a taxing year followed by another taxing year because now I need a system for it. And another taxing year because now I need to develop, you know, my team for that system, uh, you know, had it to do over again, I might've been a little bit more pragmatic. Uh,
0: And and what do you think saved you during that time? Is there some kind of like wisdom you can impart on, uh, on folks of like have a team of mentors or make sure you have your system or something else that you can say, this is what brought me through that shipwreck.
2: Yeah, I have it. Uh, three words straight to the top. So straight to the top is, uh, you know, a thing that I learned from a coach. Um, and it is, if you want to know how to do something, just go straight to the top. So like, what are the, I got in the HubSpot ecosystem. Well, who are the best inbound agencies and how do I meet them? And what can I learn from them? What are they doing that I'm not doing? And I don't have to develop all of this. I don't have to redevelop the inbound wheel. I can plug into it. Um, so just go straight to the top and when I feel like I'm outperforming them, I can make my own thing until then
0: plug in, you know, that's good. I like that. You, yeah. Straight to the top, find people that can almost peer mentor kind of thing, I guess. I don't know.
2: Right. So it's like, you know, for my professional development journey, it's like, you know, when I look around at, at what we built at lean labs, I'm pretty proud of it. But if I had to bring in my mentors, you know, if I had to bring in, you know, Seth Godin, Les Brown, you know, Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, and, you know, other people and show them my business, am I still really proud of it? Like, no, I suck. Like, like, (laughs) I have so much farther to go. So my goal is to try to get around the people that I believe can elevate me as much as possible so it's just to accelerate. So whether that's plugging into, you know, HubSpot's ecosystem or, or any other coaching or training program, like that's, mm. that's what you do to accelerate, you know? That's good.
0: That's good. Now you, you said uh, the, the next word that peaks in my mind is proud. What's one of your proudest moments that you've had during this journey that you can look back and say, okay, that's where I hit it out of the park.
2: Um, I would say that the, the choice that the choice to be customer focused um, is the thing that guided us. And I need to describe that our customer is not our customer. Our customer is their customer.
1: Hmm.
2: Does it make sense?
0: Yeah. That's so good. Like
2: we're serving them. And if we have to arm wrestle our customer to make that win um, now that has put me in a lot more meetings than I probably should have been. But opportunities is what all of those were is to, is to lay like, you know, they're actually, we're not going to get you from where you are to where you want to be doing what you've always done. That's not how it's going to work. So Mm -hmm. I would say that my, one of my more proud moments is that we have been very committed to, um, a very high standard and looking to serve that standard. Now with that comes weakness. I've personally jumped in those meetings and taken some of the wins away from my team to establish those shifts and win those debates and get commit, you know, like the, the any of my customers that listen to this would be like, yep, that's what he says, is I don't ask him to agree to it. I just asked him to agree to test it. Mm. Like it's at least worth a test, right? Now I happen to know, that I believe that's going to work and not come back out. <laughs> but uh but I'll leave that for the results of the test.
0: Right. Um
2: and like like that that probably has really helped us,
0: you know? All right. And so as you think about this this journey as well, like what what navigational tools would you say have helped you get there? What what have you used or what did you wish that you have uh that you would have been able to use to get to where you are today? Um
2: that's a that's a loaded that's a multi <laughs> question so i'm not sure how I go with that so what tools have I um used to get me here today for for people growing businesses I learned a lesson late in my career only about a year and a half ago that probably is warranted here um I was focusing on a little bit of the wrong thing um and when I learned this, I think it has really enabled us to uh build a better company and Uh, have a lot better ownership uh, within our company, which has freed me up tremendously. Uh, The Kevin of 2018 and 2019 is so much more able to do my job well because of this. So what I was doing is is I I looked at my streams of income previously, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs start off this way as my clients, but they're not. Um, The streams of income of an agency is its team they're the people that produce. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so like, so I really, we, we started to shift a lot on how we're developing our assets and our assets aren't our clients. It's our team. My job is to develop my team and then their job is to develop and implement for our clients. Right. And I might've missed that for a long time, um, longer than I would have liked. So if I can shave somebody a few months, quarters or years, that'd be great. But your, means of production is not you and how great you are. It's, it's how great you can make your team and letting them have the wins. So, you know, so,
0: so it sounds like it's pretty critical to hire talent, develop talent and let talent go do what they do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we use this, uh, predictive index tool for, you know, developing and coaching our team and they have the, the hire, inspire, and fire framework. It's like, you got to get really good at those three things if you're going to be successful.
0: So what other what other tools can you give to executive teams and entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders out there to focus on growth? You know, there's so many things that we can think of when we think of growth. We can think of increased sales. We can think of other, you know, new clients. We can think of new business, whatever you want to, right? You can, we can think of, cutting expenses. We can think of growth means hiring new employees. Growth means a lot of things a lot of different people. Right. What would you tell somebody if you were going to mentor them today and say, here, I want to get you through this. Here's what you need to know. What would be another piece of advice that you'd give to them to, to find growth?
2: Right. So um, that's a great question. I, I, I think that for the more analytical minded people they might really like this answer, uh, I'm definitely of that Tribe. So I went to school originally for engineering before I decided to be, become a marketer. Interesting. Uh, but uh, but like, the first thing I would do is I would de- develop a baseline for the numbers that I care about, and then you're in a race with yourself. So I read this book once, and I honestly have lost the book, but all it said was, imagine if you're so good that people would pay you to watch you work. I'm like, man, you have to be really good. And then when I said, well, we do that all the time, and here's why we. we we pay pro athletes to watch them work all the time. And they're like, one, because they're performing at the top at their game, and two, because they're keeping score. And like keeping score is critical to you wanting to watch them work, you know? And so the next week, Lean Labs had a scoreboard. And we took them the metrics that we have, and every single week we look at our production metrics and our results metrics, cash flow metrics, sales metrics, all of it. And we made a scoreboard and now you're in a race with yourself and you set a goal. And what, what are the activities and results that I need in order to achieve that goal? And you break it down and you work on it every single week and we over anticipate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in a decade. And, you know, if you keep your eyes on where you're going, you will get there. And the only you know thing you need to do is have some sort of compass to keep you on track. For us, it was a scoreboard. So Um, we have a scoreboard for ourselves and we have a scoreboard for our clients of what we're working for. And it goes out And we work with startups and when they see a 36 month chart, they're like, like, that's two careers from now. I don't understand. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but like, but like we have a pragmatic long-term growth, uh, long-term approach to growth and it has a growth rate built in it. And most of our clients are, we're looking for a 22%, you know, quarterly growth rate uh on metrics. The reason why is because I pulled out my calculator one day and over 36 months that's 10x. So like let's add a zero to any number that matters. Sometimes that's a hard number to put 22% on, depending on what the goal is. So you can adjust to keep it realistic, but but like what would I need to do to grow at 22% in the next 90 days? And and like that has been our compass, you know, is having a scoreboard of what we're working for every single quarter not having a one year goal. I feel like a one year goal is a uh, I just feel like it's very easy to get distracted during that year.
0: Yeah. And how do you when you talk about that scoreboard and you've got, you know, I mean everything to do with the company, cash flow, everything. Uh that's a lot of transparency. That's a lot of trust in the team. How how do you get them to buy into that as an entrepreneur as an owner? I would imagine that's scary at times of like, I don't want everybody to see all the cash flow, Right. (laughs) How do you, how do you get them to buy in and how do you deal with that?
2: Yeah. So um, there's definitely different strokes for different folks. Right. So um, we are fairly, you know, transparency is a core value listed on our website. So if we weren't doing anything to do that, I'd be in real trouble. But one of the things is I want people to know the score. They work for, there's still a few members of, my team that I haven't met in person yet. Cause we're really remote, you know? Um, so the, and some of them have worked with me for years. <laughs> um, but, uh, but we have a couple people in London and you know, it's, it's difficult. So I had someone uh, in the Philippines work with me for five years. Um, we never met in person. So I'm going to make that up by them knowing the score. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is the goal we cheat. We believe we can achieve. And this is what I believe that means for you. And I think that in order to compensate for, you know, water cooler talk uh, that happens in person and going out and having a burger, we've had to become very clear about what we're building and why we're building it and what that looks like. And I think that our job as business owners is to cast a vision for not for our company, but for that. Our team members can see themselves in that company. So Mm -hmm. I think that that scoreboard, because there's a team scoreboard, but then it's broken down by all of the individual players. Everyone can see where they're at in, in making those results. So so I think that, that that that's the way we do it. Do we have that cornered in the market? I'm sure not. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I think that we, to being as far apart as we are and having team members that have worked together that haven't necessarily shaken hands before um, – we got to be really tight on some other stuff so
0: yeah that's cool that's insightful um kevin what's next you've you've lived in costa rica you've biked mountains you've made it back to the u.s you've grown to where you are now you've learned some lessons but what's what's next for for you and for lean labs
2: right so you know we set a uh a a five-year goal. Um, when we started lean labs and we hit that goal, it took us five years. Like we would like, it it went almost to clockwork and it's crazy how when you're, you know, making, we made some adjustments along the way, but when you're managing the plan, you know, you can make those adjustments. So like, I think that that's just another pro for It's not patting ourselves on the back. Aren't we awesome? No, we adjusted the plan. That's how we were successful, you know, and you make adjustments when you need to so that you don't have waste, you know? Um, and then now where we're at is we hit that goal and we set a new goal. And when I set that goal in 2013, it was a scary number uh, that I didn't know if was achievable. I actually had half the number written. And uh, and I was like, you know, I have some really motivated people on the team. If I bring them in this number, they're going to be like, of course, like I need to bring them something where they're like a little bit scary. So so I I brought out the scary number and, you know, it took a while and it was a process of, you know, unbecoming all the things that we were in order to become what we needed to be. Um, and now we have a new number and it's scary too. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. so that's basically the deal. And and it's not so much just for the dollars. Those are like value receipts. Like, can we produce enough value in the market that we can track it with value receipts? Um, you know, for, for delivering.
0: Hmm. That's awesome. This has been fun, Kevin. This has been a, a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to meeting up with you at inbound. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want listeners to really take away from this conversation?
2: Um, well, I think that the the one of the questions that I get asked a lot is, can you do it remotely or hybridly? And I think the answer in 2019 is an easy yes. Now, should you is a different conversation, um, <laughs> you know, and um, but I think that it does open you up to, you know, like if I was in los angeles california and i was competing with yahoo and google and microsoft for for tech talent like yeah i would hire remotely <laughs> uh, like i think that that served lean labs really well i think you can do that um and i think that you know my my departing piece is just everyone has i was doing it myself with my own blinders paying attention only to myself for a long time and we were able to radically accelerate when I started plugging in, plugging, finding a system that I could plug into that is going to elevate my expectations for myself. So I think that that, you know, like what's the thing I got to do if I'm not sure plug in, you know?
0: Cool. Makes sense, man. Appreciate it. Where, uh, so we'll push some links in the show notes to, to you and to lean labs. Where do you like to send people for the best, uh, the best place to contact or connect with you?
2: yeah i love to i'm not a giant fan of email so uh just just fyi i'd love to be the first digital marketing agency that doesn't even use email we're working on it but uh the uh but i love linkedin conversations although i can be a slightly slow to respond i'm not i'm not using it like you know twitter um and uh anyways so but but linkedin conversations are great um just reach out if i can be a help answer a question that'd be great
0: cool put those links in the show notes man thanks again for the time today my friend
2: this has been uh, a fantastic journey. I'm, I'm really grateful for us getting to know each other, so what, almost seven years ago now. And, uh, it's crazy. See you inbound. down. Really impressed with everything you're doing. Thanks, man. Appreciate
0: it. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it, post it, tweet it, gram it, email a friend, give the gift of knowledge to someone you know that could benefit from it. And if you really loved it, please consider leaving a rating and written review on your podcast player of choice. And as always, Go to wayfindinggrowth.com for resources and past episodes. Remember, we're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from
1: experts in multiple industries. Thank you for listening to Wayfinding Growth.